Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 43. I'm going to take those as my text this morning. And I want to take you through a little journey uh, talking about faith today. Faith has been something that's been on my mind a lot this week. And uh, I want to talk about having forward faith. Faith that is progressing us forward, moving us in uh, to our promise. You know, I was thinking this morning as we were praying through prayer and, and just uh, asking God's presence on this service and asking God to move in this service today that uh, what we're all looking for in the journey of, of faith is when uh, the truth of God's Word becomes our reality. That there's this convergence between truth and reality. And in that moment where there's this convergence between those two things, that's really where I'm standing in the midst of my faith fulfilled. I'm seeing God work in an area that He's promised to work in, and I'm seeing that come to pass. And I know that a lot of you in this room this morning, you've been on a faith journey. You've been looking for God to do some things in your life. You've been looking for God to work through some situations and to bring forth those promises that you've read about and you've talked about and you've prayed about and you've cried about and you've sought after God for and I'm telling you today that it's coming soon if you'll keep moving forward with faith if you don't back down if you don't walk away God's going to bring you into that convergent point where faith brings you where truth and reality meet together the scripture is very clear to us on the importance of faith in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 it says but without faith it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and the latter part of this verse is where I really want to kind of drill down this morning as far as the central thought is that and that he is a rewarder he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him he is a rewarder of those who diligently that word that is a far uh, expansive word and it's, it, it means industriously those, uh, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently, industriously, assiduously meticulously uh, conscientiously, thoroughly and attentively and carefully and persistently seek after him it's a person that does not quit and does not back down but continues to move on to the place till they find what they're looking for those who seek till they find it takes faith to do that You know that this morning. It takes faith to do that. It takes faith to continue to believe and seek God. And so I just encourage you, don't stop believing. Hold on to that feeling. (laughs) Amen? Faith is the hope that we're living with this morning. And so don't lose your hope. I I need to say that to somebody today in this room. Don't lose your hope. Don't let go of your hope. Hold on to that Faith. Hold on to that, that, that security that you know God will do what God says He will do. When we talk about faith, we also have to understand that faith has to be cultivated and developed. You know, our faith cannot reside in a dormant state. It has to be moving. It has to be activated. It has to be uh, productive and it has to be exercised. It has to grow or it's going to become, it has to grow and become more. It's just going to lay there and die. 
Faith cannot exist again in a dormant state. It requires activity and it requires exercise in which to live. James 2.20 tells us that. It says, but do you not know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead. And so without works, without activity, without exercising, faith dies. And so let's look at our text today in Mark chapter 5, verse 21. You guys might pull me down just a little bit in the house this morning. And we want to look at the man named Jairus who shows us how to have forward faith. Verse 21 says, Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came to him, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. We're talking about forward faith today. And the first step of forward faith is that our faith must be expressed. Our faith must be expressed. Everyone in the room today can identify with Jairus. He's a part of the church. The Bible tells us that he was a ruler of the synagogue. He believes in Jesus Christ, otherwise he wouldn't have come and found Jesus. And so we know he's a part of the church, we know he believes in Jesus, and we also know that he had a problem that he needed Jesus to take care of. That he had a need for God to do something in his life. And I think that every person in this room today can identify with those three things. You know, you're a part of the church. You believe in Jesus. And I know that for a lot of us, there are some things that we just need God to do in our lives. I need some things to change in my life. I need God to show up in my life. I need God to answer these prayers that I've been praying over for the last several years. Jairus says, come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. Now I want you to look deeply at that particular verse of Scripture because I want you to notice that there is an applied win in the Scripture at the beginning of the statement that Jairus makes. He says, in essence, when you come and lay hands on her, she will be healed and she will live. Do you see that in the Scripture there? Jairus wasn't wondering if Jesus could. He wasn't wondering if Jesus would. He says, when you come, she will live. Now let me tell you this morning that the days of if were laid to rest 2,000 years ago at Calvary's cross. Today is a day of when, not a day of ifs for our lives. For our faith to be expressed, there has to be a shift that takes place in our thinking from if God will to when God does. And when that shift begins to take place, then we start to see our faith expressed in a way that God begins to acknowledge it, begins to recognize it, and begins to respond to it. You see, before, the, before Christ Jesus, the world of faith was limited to the if. God, If God would, if God should see fit. But since Christ has come and He's died on the cross and resurrected in new life, no longer are we limited by the ifs in life. We are living with the when. Here's proof to you this morning. Isaiah 53 and 4 says, Surely, surely, not without a doubt, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But when He was wounded for our transgressions, He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon Him, and by His stripes we are healed this morning. Not if, church, but when God shows up and when God does the miracle for you. Let's shift our thinking from an if God to a when God. 
Are you with me this morning? Because I'm telling you that when your if goes to a win, then your win will go to a win. I wrote it out so you could understand what I'm saying. I said when your if goes to a win, then your win will go to a win in your life. That's, that's when it begins to change and when things begin to start shaping up to, to shift in your life. Jairus decided that rather than remaining in need and hoping for the best, that he was in, instead going to activate his faith on a mission to seek out Christ and invite him to work in that need. I want you to think about the scene in the passage here today. Jairus didn't get in his Prius and drive down to where Jesus was, to his office. Jairus didn't have the luxury of calling Jesus up on the phone and asking him to send out a technician to come work on his problem. Jairus has to go out and he has to seek Jesus out. He has to go find him. He has to find out where Jesus is and then he has to work his way to Jesus. It's one thing to know where he is, it's another thing to get to him. Come on, somebody. I said, it's one thing to know where he is. It's another thing to get to him. And many of us know exactly where he is, but we don't have a clue on how to get to him. He has to get to him. And once he gets to Jesus, he not only has to get to him, but he has to fight the crowd. And once he fights the crowd, he has to then get Jesus' attention. So I would say it's a challenge, to say the least. So my question to you is out of all of these people, because verse 21 tells us that there was a multitude gathered around him, how was Jairus able to draw the eye of Jesus and get an audience with him in the midst of a multitude? How is it that we can get to a place where Jesus can get, we can get his attention in the midst of everything that's going on in the world and every person's life that we know needs his attention, how is it that we can draw the eye of Christ? I'll tell you how. Because faith expressed always draws the eye of Jesus. Anytime we take a step of faith, you catch the eye of the master. Jairus starts expressing his faith the moment that he decides he wasn't going to sit at home and feel sorry for his circumstance, but rather he was going to go and find Jesus. He wasn't going to stay there in his home and watch what he loved fall apart right in front of his eyes but rather he was going to get up and he was going to go find someone that could fix the problem and do something about his situation I don't know about you but I'm going to go and find the one who can change my situation I'm going to go on a mission to seek out Jesus and the answer to my problem not just stay there and look at it and hope things will just change by by, by time no, 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 no I'm going to go and find the one who can fix the situation and change the outcome of my problem let me tell you something this morning church our faith is expressed when we get moving and we start seeking the answer to every problem and difficulty and the trouble we have and that answer is always and will always be Jesus Christ. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If you want to have forward faith then it starts with faith being expressed. Once Jairus finds Jesus and has his attention, his final expression of faith is declared with his words. He says, come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. His faith is declared. His faith is expressed. Verse 24, so Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. You know, it's, it's amazing 
for all of us that we can go to Jesus. There's nothing greater than knowing that we have someone we can go to. But to me, it's even more amazing that Jesus will come to us. It's one thing that I can go to him, but it's a whole other thing that he is willing to come to us and come to where we are. Jairus finds him, speaks to him, and Jesus comes with Jairus. The second step of forward faith is our faith is recognized. When our faith is expressed, our faith will be recognized. Let me tell you, church, this morning that God doesn't miss a thing. God doesn't miss a thing. Every act of faith is seen by the Father. Every prayer of faith, every act of faith, every step of faith is recognized by God. He sees it all. He's seen your tears this morning. He's heard your prayers today. He has saw your steps of faith. He's watched your diligence and your faithfulness. And none of it is meaningless today. It may not have happened yet for you. But that doesn't mean it goes unnoticed. He's got his eye on you. I said he's got his eye on you today. He recognizes your faith this morning. And that reality is what sustains you in the waiting. Let me encourage you this morning, just stay faithful. Keep seeking, keep praying, keep exercising your faith because there's going to come a day when Jesus will turn his eye from the crowd and he will zero in on you. Your faith gains you an audience with the King of glory. And your faith invites the presence of Jesus Christ himself into every situation. Verse 24 says, so Jesus went with him. I want Jesus in the middle of everything I got going on. How about you? Now I want you to look at verses 25 through 35. And this is really the hardest part of forward faith. We've got faith being expressed, faith being recognized. And then step number three becomes the very hardest, the most difficult part of forward faith. That is the gap between the place where faith is tested or faith is expressed and faith is rewarded. It's the place where faith is tested. It is the place that many people turn from their journey. Many people go back to their situation. Many people turn from the pressure of pushing through to go back to the complacency of what is. It's the place that many people lose heart. It's the place that they lose focus and they gain frustration in its place. Now let's read together. Mark Mark chapter 5 verse 24. Now a certain woman. Understand right here in the middle of our text. Jairus has come to Jesus. He has pushed through the crowd. He has fought the battle of getting Jesus' attention. He's fought uh, elbowed people to get them out of the way and get there where he can get connected with Jesus. He's talked to him and now he's finally got him to come along, go with him on his journey. And as they're walking to take care of Jairus' problem. Verse 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and it had suffered many things from physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? 
And he looked around to see who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. An interruption. God, I'm dealing with you right now. You're dealing with me right now. And then an interruption. And then verse 35 takes place. While he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house and said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? The next step of forward faith is our faith is tested. When your faith is expressed and when your faith is recognized, you can be sure that your faith will be tested. While he was still speaking... Some came from the ruler of synagogue's house and said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? While Jesus was speaking, Jairus was waiting. So let me take just a little liberty with the scripture this morning and make this point. While Jesus was speaking, Jairus was waiting. And while Jairus was waiting, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house and said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Or we might say, Why wait on Jesus any longer? Can you imagine? Jairus, in that moment, he has fought the crowd to get here. He has sought after Jesus. He's done everything within his power that he knows to do to see his daughter become well. And now he is relying on Jesus to come and lay hands on her. He has the faith to see it happen. He says, I know that if you'll touch her, she will live. And so it wasn't a question of his faith. It wasn't a question of his motives. It wasn't a question of his actions accompanied with his faith. There was nothing in Jairus' life that was out of place and out of order for God to do a miracle. Yet right in the midst of God working a miracle in his life, what happens? Interruption. And he's forced to stand on the sidelines waiting for a miracle watching someone else get theirs. Have you ever been in a place where you're like, why is God doing it for everybody else, but he's not doing it for me? Why is she getting healed and him getting healed and their life being different? Why are they getting blessing and I'm not getting blessing? Why is it working for everybody else and yet I'm standing here doing everything that I know to do? I'm being faithful to God. I'm being faithful to the house of God. I'm paying my tithe. I'm doing everything that I know to do and yet I'm waiting for a miracle that has not happened and in the midst of that it looks like all hope is Lost. Are you kidding me? Can you imagine Jairus's heart? I've been seeking diligently, God. I've been waiting patiently. And now you're telling me that all that effort was in vain. That's not fair. I was here first. Why her and not me, God? I've been serving the church faithfully in these, all these years. I'm a leader in the synagogue. And you're going to stop helping me and start helping her? When is my time coming? It's called frustration. It's called frustration in the waiting. It's not happening for me yet. You know, church, that frustration will get you to turn back instead of move forward. 
There's a real temptation in a frustrating moment while you're waiting on God to show up and do something in your life that it's real easy just to turn back and go back into a place of comfort and complacency and just exist and try to live life as it is to you and not do anything to change it. Frustration will even cause you to curse someone else's miracle out of the disappointment for the lack of your own. Now, Jairus did it right, but I'm just thinking, if it's me, I may have had a real issue with that lady getting healed while I'm needing a miracle. I may have really struggled in that moment to keep my sanity and keep my attitude right and not open my mouth to curse the very thing God's doing right there in front of my eyes. I don't know why she thinks she ought to get a miracle. I was here first. I don't know what they've done that's different than me. As a matter of fact, I know what they are doing. And they shouldn't be getting a miracle. God, don't you pay attention? Don't you keep record? Aren't you watching what I'm doing? You owe me, God. But that's just me. Instead of using her miracle as a springboard for your own, it's easy to curse it. But I encourage you to use her miracle. Use someone else's miracle as a springboard for your own miracle. I've come to preach to you this morning that you shouldn't lose faith in the waiting. Don't walk away from the miracle right before you receive it. The waiting is a place where two things have an opportunity to really flourish in my life. And I have to decide which one's going to flourish. Is it going to be faith and faithfulness? Or is it going to be two other things, frustration and forfeiture? Because in the moment of frustration, I can either build my faith and let it be strengthened, and I can continue to walk in faithfulness to become more faithful, or I can forfeit everything that God's trying to set me up for in my life and walk away from it out of frustration. Forfeitures of God's miracles happens when frustration gets the best of us. Causing us to turn back when we should keep moving forward. Here is what the waiting is meant to do. Let me encourage you with the reality of what the waiting is meant to do. There's a reason J. Iris is standing there waiting. It's building something. It's meant to build your faith and test your faithfulness. Are you going to wait on God? Are you going to trust Him? Are you going to know that He is working all things out to your good and your benefit? Because you can look at the miracle of the woman in one of two ways. You can see it as an impedance and an inconvenience, or you can see it as a warm-up to your miracle this morning. Oh, come on, somebody. You can do better than that. Jesus is just getting warmed up today. This is a miracle before the miracle. This is the appetizer before the main course. This is the place where faith is working, not the place where it's dormant. And this place where faith is working is not the place to lose your faith. Let what's happening for others encourage your faith, not discourage your faith. Instead of saying it's happening for them, why can't it happen for me? Say it's happening for them. So I know it can happen for me. It's the place where faith is tested. Verse 36, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, Jesus is listening too. You know, I told you God doesn't miss a thing, right? And he's paying attention to what's going on around you. And even though this person comes with a negative report, Jesus steps in and he says, 
He says to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid, only believe. When faith is tested, faith is strengthened. When faith is tested, faith will be strengthened if we'll continue on in forward movement. The next step of forward faith is strengthening of your faith. Let me tell you this morning, the moment you are most frustrated in your faith is often the moment right before your faith gains great strength and great resolve. It's when you are just about done waiting and about to give up and so frustrated you can't see straight that the word of God comes to you. It may be a preacher, it may be a friend, it may be a song on the radio, but you know God is talking to you. So I encourage you When faith, when your faith begins to turn to frustration, put yourself in a position where you can hear from God. I need everybody to hear that. I said when 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 your faith starts to turn to frustration, that's when you got to get yourself in a position where you can hear from God. It may require you shutting some people out of your life for a season of time. Someone who can't say anything positive about your situation. It may mean that you have to go into a closet and lock the door behind you and say, I'm not letting anybody tell me anything until I hear from God. But you got to get into a place where you can get a hold of God and you can let Him begin to declare some words over your life this morning. So many of us are listening to the wrong things this morning we're listening to the people we shouldn't be listening to we're listening to junk we shouldn't be listening to and I'm telling you this morning if you want your faith to produce something in your life you've got to listen to the right things and get a hold of the word of God that's going to sustain you and carry you all the way through to victory this morning come on and give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this place today he's trying <laughs> God's trying to help you this morning. Frustration often drives us away from the very life sources that we need. I don't feel like going to church today. I've had a terrible week. I'm too aggravated to read the Word of God. I just couldn't get anything out of it right now. I'm just too frustrated to spend time praying. I couldn't hear from God right now if I needed, if I had to. I don't want to listen to Christian music. I don't want to hear that right now. Too frustrated to worship the Lord this morning. I'm going to wait till worship's over, and then I'm going to sneak in the back, and then I'm going to leave right before altar calls given. I'm just telling you that sometimes what happens to us is that frustration gets us away from the very sources of life that we need to hear from. When you're struggling, it's not the time to lay out. It's time to lock in. If I let frustration get a hold of me, I don't even want to hear it anymore. I mean, I'm just being real. Is anybody? Is that okay if I'm just real with you this morning? Because I've said it in my own self. I ain't listening to that Caleb this morning. I don't want to hear all that stuff. I'm mad and I want to stay mad. Last thing I need is some cheery person on the radio telling me to have a good day. Am I preaching right? It's the truth. And that's what we need to hear. Because we need to hear that and then adjust our attitude accordingly. I don't want to go to church this morning. I'm ticked off at everybody. And I'm just going to stay home. Listen, you need to be here. This may be the word you need to hear to get your miracle. 
It doesn't always come through the preacher. Sometimes it just comes from being in the crowd with people. Some of my greatest moments have not happened because somebody preached a great word. It's happened because one of my brothers and sisters in Christ has come to me and said, you've been on my mind this week. I've been worried about you. I've been praying for you. God told me to tell you something. Well, I need to hear that this morning. So don't let it drive you away from the place you need to be. When things are tough, that's when you have to lock in the most. It's in those moments that I really have to start listening and seeking the word that will strengthen my faith to make the final push. The good news is this, is that the final push is easy to recognize when you know what to look for. When it's toughest, when I'm most frustrated, when I'm constantly attacked with the idea of quitting and giving up, I am in my final moment before my miracle. Where's my word? That's what I started looking for. Where's my word? Where's my promise? Where's my Jesus? i got to get positioned to hear his voice. Jesus said to Jairus, do not be afraid, only believe. That's all I need to hear. That's all I need to hear, God. He says, look, don't listen to that. Listen to me. Look at me. Keep your eyes right here. Don't, don't, no, 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 no. Don't pay attention to that guy over there. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm telling you, I know what I'm talking about. Look at me. Keep your eyes focused on me. You know, and Jesus says, when he says this, he says, do not be afraid, only believe. It's not that that's such a profound statement. But what is so powerful about it is that Jesus looked at me when he said it. <laughs> you know, he was looking at me when he said it. Hey, I've heard him say, just only believe a million times as he's preached and as he said different things to the different people in the crowd. But this time was different because when he said, just believe, he was looking at me. I was the center of his focus. And that right there is victory. It means he's been listening. It means he's aware of my trouble. It means he knows where I am. It means that he's got a plan. And it means that victory is coming to my house. God's not finished with me yet. Lastly, faith that is strengthened is faith that is rewarded. If you have to see... The rewarding of your faith. You have to see this morning the rewarding of your faith as a step in the process. It's a, it's a next step in the process. It's part of the process. It's the final step of the process, but it is part of the process. And I say that because I'll stop short of that step being completed if I don't see it as part of the process. I'm not done until this is finished. And so I'm not going to quit seeking God. I'm not going to quit waiting on God. I'm not going to quit trusting on God until what I need done is finished. And so I just keep progressing. And I keep forwarding towards God's promise and moving into that place that God has prepared for me. Jairus' faith is going to be rewarded. Verse 37 says, And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and he saw a tumult, and those who wept and wailed loudly. When waiting for your miracle, you don't need people feeling sorry for you. You need people praying and encouraging and standing with you. 
Let me say that again. When you are waiting for your miracle, it is not a crowd of fellow mourners that you need. It is not a group of people that feel sorry for your situation. It's not someone that just tells you it's okay to be like it is and stay like it is. You don't need that junk in your life. Rather, you need to surround yourself with people who will encourage you and keep standing with you. Don't surround yourself with people who will feel sorry for you and your mess, but surround your people who will encourage you through your mess. None of us need someone to enable us. We need someone to empower us. Amen. Thank you for that one clap. Verse 39. When he came in, he said to them, Why make this commotion and weep? What's going on in here? The child is not dead but sleeping. And they, listen to this, and they ridiculed him. They mocked him. They made fun of him. They told him he didn't know what he was talking about. They said he was crazy. You know that when you're seeking a miracle, there's always going to be people that come along and tell you you're crazy for believing that. You're crazy for trusting that. Jesus hasn't worked in that way in in years. Why do you think he's going to do that for you? Don't listen to that mess. You put them outside and you get rid of that noise and those naysayers and you get yourself in a position where you can hear the truth. But when he had put them all outside, Jesus got them outside. He took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and he entered where the child was laying. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumai, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately, somebody say immediately. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. The crowd doesn't always know what they're talking about this morning, but Jesus does know what he's talking about today. You may have gotten some bad reports this morning, but I come to tell you there's a word for you in the word of God, and it rewrites the truth of your life. Holy sweet Jesus Jairus' faith is rewarded He gets his miracle because his faith remained forward It never turned back It was expressed, recognized, tested, strengthened And therefore it was rewarded And here's what happened as a result of his faith Verse 42 And they were overcome with great amazement It wasn't just about his household. It was about all of those naysayers outside that didn't know that God could work in that way, that had never seen faith activated in such a manner. Yet they began to see that God is real and God can do miracles and God still does miracles. And they were amazed by what God accomplished in that house. Your forward faith has the power to provide great amazement in the lives of other people. Amber, would you come? 1 John 5 and 4 says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Our faith. Our faith. Your faith. It has overcome the world. Stand with me across this place today. We are going to shift into an altar time this morning. I'm not going to give a formal dismissal. But if you're here today and you need a miracle in your life, you need God to do something for you. We want to pray for you and we want to partner with you and let our faith mingle with yours to provide an outcome that you've been seeking for, waiting for, hoping for, trusting God for. 
you need God to do something for you, then today is your day. Where are you at in your faith journey? Maybe for some of you, you just need to begin by expressing your faith. If you will express it, it will be recognized. I promise you, God will acknowledge your faith. Maybe you're in the journey and you say, my faith's being tested. Man, some things didn't turn out like I thought they were going to turn out. I had put my faith in something that just did not pan out like I thought it would. It's being tested. It's being tested. Are you going to wait patiently? Are you going to trust God in the season of waiting? If it's being tested, it's going to be strengthened. It's going to be more powerful. Your faith's going to grow. Your faithfulness is going to grow. Or maybe you're just in the season of life where you're just waiting for your faith to be rewarded. I've been waiting, and I know my God will deliver. But I'm ready for this season to come to an end, and I'm ready for my faith to be rewarded. You're getting close. Somebody in this place, I'm telling you, you're getting close. It's right around the corner. It's closer than you think. There's some things happening beyond your scope that you just don't know about yet, but it's happening for you. God's working on it. And so if you need touch today by God, if you need a healing in your body, if you need a financial miracle, if you need marriage help, if you need whatever you need, whatever you need God to do today, God is the answer and God can do it. And so I'm going to ask you, if you need prayer this morning for anything, would you come? Would you step out of your seat and begin to move to the front? Yes, amen. We're going to pray for every single one of you. If you'll, just, if you'll wait long enough, we'll pray for you. I promise. Hallelujah. Faith's being expressed right now as people begin to move into these altars. That's a step of faith. God's working. God's. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We'd love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 945 for Sunday school and at 1030 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you'd like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street, Burkrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river. Come to the river.